You're listening to the Propaganda Report. I'm Brad Binkley here with Monica Perez. Monica, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. The weather's beautiful, and Christy Blasey Ford uh, was named one of Time Magazine's most 100 influential, so it's a great day. So what was the influence they claimed she had? I haven't read all the way into the article yet. What I do know, though, is that they profiled her alongside Kavanaugh, so they both made the top 100 list. I'm sure they uh, juxtaposed the two there. You know, the real hero of the story, I hate to out her. You know what? I'm not going to out her. There's a transgender hero in the Kavanaugh backstory, but really? she's in hiding from the government, so I'm not going uh, to address it. I'm sorry. You have a secret location. I. It's a very minimally advertised uh, location. Somebody who – I mean, it's it's interesting to me because – like, I think the – somebody yelled at me on Twitter, rightly, and I deleted the tweet, for saying why do – there's a story about, like, when Chelsea Manning contacted Julian Assange, but there was no Chelsea Manning at the time. It was Bradley Manning, who is now Chelsea Manning. And the person rightly said, like, that's ridiculous. We do that all the time when people change their names, which is true. Like, I probably have said Hillary Clinton went to Yale, but there was no Hillary Clinton at the time. It was Hillary Rodham. Yeah. So I was wrong about that. But what I was what I was trying to get at, like why I just it smelled fishy to me, is that I feel like the it's weird. You know, it's like so transgenderism is rare, and that like this great patriot military person, hero, brave leaker, you know, hero of right and left potentially is transgender and in the limelight. And I just, I feel like to the extent you can think of that story as a setup, that person as being set up even, I, I, it doesn't surprise me or I would, it would fit my expectations that that person, uh, that the transgender element was a feature of, of the PSYOP on purpose. So just to make it seem normal, make it seem, Heroic, and I don't care. I mean, I, I, it's, I never dug into that story. It doesn't, I, it doesn't seem to me that Chelsea Manning isn't really trans the way I feel like Caitlyn Jenner is, you know, kind of wasn't, wasn't born a woman trapped in a man's body. So it just like, it, it just seemed like the, they featured it on purpose. Like that's like feeds into this other meme stuff. But this person who, uh, where I think Kavanaugh betrayed this country and his job, uh, a person who did not <laughs> in that backstory was transgender. And you would think that, that this person would be hailed and all that, but she isn't. And I think she likes it that way. So I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to call attention to her but anyway i just wow. I, you know i just think that it's another example of stories being picked and chosen like i wondered why for example a baby was thrown off the balcony at the mall of america did you hear about that i did okay so immediately hearing that i thought i don't know a lot of people die in this country and, and that is weird that somebody would just randomly run up and throw a baby off i mean i i have heard of like in new york city subways somebody will run up and 
push a person standing close to the platform into the train, like crazy drug-addled homeless people, I guess. And it was getting a lot of press, and it was one of those just like random acts of murder that, to me, I think is very, very rare. And I tried to think, like, where is this coming from? And then within days, I heard a guy fell to his death in the Grand Canyon. A girl taking a selfie fell to her death in the Ozarks. Another girl taking a selfie fell to her death from, like, a a watchtower. Did you hear all these stories in the past week of people falling to their deaths? I've heard – I've been hearing stories of people dying while taking selfies for for a while now. But it's not just the selfies that I observed over this past week. It was that random, like, toss the kid over the thing. Yeah. And a guy in the Grand Canyon. I I don't remember hearing about him taking a selfie. I just – I think it's – there's something going on with it. And I and I'm just observing that they absolutely, even if it's real, which the selfie thing. I mean, I think people probably get hit by a car all the time just looking at their phones. It's crazy watching kids do that these days. Yeah, you see people walking by the New Falcon Stadium if you're driving over there because my friend lives over in that area. And so, if you're driving by the stadium as a game is going in or coming out, it's inevitable that someone's going to. Get hurt very badly, badly there because people were drunk. They're stumbling out into the middle of the road. There's big screens everywhere. They're taking selfies. I mean, it's going to happen if it hasn't already. Yeah, and and I think I remember reading about it. I didn't like follow up on it, but I remember first of all they they call them smombies. This is a German sniglet or whatever. Smombies. Uh, yes, uh, portmanteau. Smartphone zombies. <laughs> so they started making. Or they proposed, I'm not sure they actually did it, like street signs in the sidewalk, like watch out, (laughs) there's a car coming ahead of you because people are looking down, although I don't even think they're looking at the sidewalks. So I think that the rate of pedestrian death is way up, and you could have stories every day of someone looking at their phone and getting hit by a car is my guess. But you don't. You're getting the stories of these kids taking selfies in high places, which I think is definitely something that is probably happening definitely probably is probably happening it's just being highlighted and i'm waiting for the reason another thing was the woman young woman who got into an uber without checking the license plate which you should always do and she was murdered which to me the idea of uber crime is very remote not saying it's not going to happen, but it's only going to happen by someone who's pretty confident they're going to get caught <laughs> because they – I mean, you, you people can be tracked while they're in the vehicle. The phone, you can remotely access where that person was the whole time of the girl and probably the guy – the driver's phone as well. So the real thing that should have come out of that, in my opinion – was saying, always check the license plate. Like, there you go. Rule of thumb, little wisdom for the new world. And instead, the answer is, we are going to totally check. We're going to repeatedly background check drivers over and over again now for this. And and in my mind, the next thing that's going to happen is the a driver is going to be hurt by a passenger and then they're going to continually background check the passengers and then the next step that's happened tj miller punched a oh yes a driver yes and I, I 
that's funny because I thought, hmm, there's got to be something to this. That's right. I remember that story. Yes. I know TJ. I think I told I, you that. Yes, <laughs> you have told me that. So you should, add, you know, ch- see if you can scratch the surface if he's. Yeah, I, I mean, I doubt I'll be able to. I hadn't <laughs> seen him in ten years, but he, he if was he, a big drinker. I could see, I could see something like that escalating. And he, I mean, he got in trouble not long after that for screaming at somebody and calling in a bomb threat on a train. Like he's facing jail time. I don't know if he's gone to trial yet or not, but yeah, I I accepted the story at its face value until further evidence. Maybe you know, like Johnny Depp did some stuff. Yeah, he was in trouble, and maybe spontaneously decided to like say ridiculously, gratuitously, contentless slurs against Trump. I mean, or maybe somebody put him up to it. You know, I don't know. Especially if people get in trouble, they're they're open to blackmail. Yeah. And, but I feel like they'll yeah. take a driver. Uh, a driver might get hurt, and then the passengers are all going to be, like, continuously background checked. And because I don't think the Uber model works until they go driverless, that's definitely the plan. Uh, or that's what it looked like the plan was from the beginning. It's just another way to be – to to – have to be plugged in so to have to be monitored so i keep noticing these things i remember a guy on conversations with history which is like a berkeley youtube show whatever they and this professor talks to all these people who are really high up like i remember seeing an elliot abrams one where uh he called for a left-wing government in israel to convince the world's liberal Jews to be on board with what would end up being the same Israeli policy, which I thought was very telling. So it's little tidbits like that that you get that you're like, hmm, okay, I get where you're coming from. I mean, they're not they're not speaking truth to power, but they're revealing what power's after. So this guy said the number one reason that you want uh, universal health care is for the information gathering. Yeah. So I so then after that, or maybe alongside that, maybe it rang a bell because I'd already noticed it. I, I think it did because I noticed that Obamacare, even beyond the selective service, is the one thing where you're actually required to register by the government. So I'm always looking out for things that that make you have to be part of the system, have to, have no options, like people say getting your Social Security card at birth, uh, getting that phenylketonuria test at birth where they take your blood like the minute you're like the second you're born like you you there's no question they're getting that person's blood that second so i look at these things and i look at so i look at like ways they need you plugged in and i look at ways they eliminate the ability for you to have substitutes so for me you can live on land and plant a potato, and as long as there's running water, and it's not a very cold place, you're you've got your bare minimum. So it's like basically next to nothing, as long as you can own a little piece of land or have use of it, whatever. So that's why it was very telling to me that Habitat One, UN Habitat One, called for private property was fine, but not land. That there had to be this kind of public centralized ownership of land, which of course makes it impossible for you to ever. Be independent. And I feel like these sustainable cities are like that. This idea of not having 
what Gerald Salenti calls guns, gold, and a getaway. They're really after all three of those things. And going to driverless cars will not only be a way to keep you in the grid, but it'll already be totally uh, used as a as a surveillance method. Now, obviously, total surveillance is well on its way. I don't think they need this element of it. But I was waiting to see what was going to come out of this chick getting killed in that car, supposedly. And I knew it wasn't just like, oh, use your mind and your eyes and check the thing. There was like a policy. So so this weird thing of people falling, they're calling it selfie stuff, but there are other ones too. I'm just waiting to see. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I bet it could be hooked into some sort of online challenge that they can link to conspiracy theories and fake news. Another online challenge causes somebody to fall to their death. There needs to be tighter restrictions on what's allowed on social media. They're they're hooking everything into social media right now. It doesn't matter what it is. Oh, the measles. The measles. I'll read you an article about that later. Yeah, everything. They're coming down hard on anti-vaxxers right now and immediately following – this cathedral burning, which I have not looked into the details of very much. I've only looked at some of the headlines. And well, I want to talk about that. We are on on Easter. I told people we were on Saturday from three to six, but we're actually on Easter Sunday from twelve to two live. So yeah, um, that's a good day to talk about that. Notre Dame did burning that down, putting but, a bullet in the head of the old uh, religion. You know, I, I it like launched Holy Week, and although I want to be super positive on Easter. I think we'll have an opportunity to get into some of that if you want to on Easter, but we can let's talk about some of the things that caught you your eye before that. Well, I just noticed there's a handful of articles almost immediately following that talked about how right wing conspiracy theories were allowed to thrive on YouTube and Facebook in the immediate aftermath and Twitter in the immediate aftermath of the the burning of the cathedral, and then it goes on to talk about how. Mike Cernovich, Ben Shapiro, and other right-wing basically extremists is, is how the Washington Post article I read refers to them too. How they talked about how this could be linked to something else and how it could be terrorism, which I don't even know if those guys said that stuff. I think that they might have implied it. I don't know. But the basic idea that it's a conspiracy theory to not accept that this is an accident even before it's been ruled an accident – is what really struck me is all these articles are immediately saying every 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 theory that this was not an accident is a right wing conspiracy theory. I'm like, give me a break. You, you don't know what happened. Nobody knows what happened yet. They haven't even done an investigation yet. These are the people who usually come out swinging that it was a terrorist attack. It looked like the Twin Towers imploded and exploded at the same time. Well, there is another thing where like I don't know how this worked. But YouTube was trying to, trying to censor it is what they were saying. But it says, as YouTube viewers Monday followed the latest news and updates from the fire at Paris Notre Dame Cathedral, some saw a gray box at the bottom of their screens that had excerpts and links to encyclopedia articles on the 9-11 attacks. These information panels pop up automatically as part of a YouTube program aimed at combating conspiracy theory style misinformation. But in this case, they arguably promoted such theories instead. So the box about 9-11 – you know how those boxes come up to try and frame some of the videos you watch now? Yeah. This box came up and was like relating it to 9-11. 
But like 9-11, the people, my point was that they jumped to the conclusion of terrorism before they could possibly have known. And who did it before they could possibly have known? So why is it when they're not doing it? I mean, that was obviously the thing. It was an insane uh, blaze. It looked not like if it was an accident and in the normal course of things, it, it seems unlikely that it would have gotten that insanely out of control. The most valuable thing that France possesses in real income generation, probably. Yeah. And this article goes on to say it's interesting. It's just interesting that that thought popped into your head and probably a lot of people's head was, heads when they watched it, too, about that, how it looked like 9-11. And then this shows up on YouTube and it says here the way I tweeted that immediately. Yeah. And and one an elected official in Paris is so described by Shep Smith said it on Fox News and he just shut him down. He said that there's been He said it was he said this even though nobody died you have to compare this to 9/11. Yeah. And there've been churches uh um vandalized and uh all that and you know you can't deny that there's a pattern here and Shep Smith went bananas on him. And said, not on my watch, no conspiracy theories here. So yeah. that was pro- – now that you're telling me this stuff, that makes me think that the whole Shep Smith thing was an Easter egg, just like the Reddit video of like a sneaky Muslim on the roof. Do you see that, that one? That was a firefighter from what I found. Whatever. It was clearly an Easter egg. Yeah. There was like a different image of it that made it look – I don't know. You're right. They could both be Easter eggs trying to mess with people. But the other image that I saw of it, it was a little clearer and it – Looked like a firefighter, so I, I. But I don't know. You're right. I have no, no, I'm idea just saying. Three people sent me that video within five seconds. Right. And it was like, yeah, yeah. Clearly, this video is being put out there yes. for you to think something. Exactly. So don't send it to me anymore because I'm not falling for it. Yeah, there. We I saw that too, and I was that. just like, "There's just too much." Yeah, there's not enough time has gone by yet. I don't know the full context of that video. And it's the same one. I want 15 of those videos from all different. You know what I mean? That. And and I'll get that. And when they get this whole disinformation thing right, they're going to get that. I'm going to get 15 of them over, you know what I mean, that are going to pop up and be suppressed and pop up and be yeah. suppressed. That's going to make it look real to me. And then it's going to take me a little while to figure out that that's not real. Now, but, l- listen but to this. just what we were talking about last week? Yeah, about, and like, so, so is this right here from Axios. This is that article that was talking about uh, how YouTube showed that 9-11 little description below it. Below the fire, uh, the live stream, I believe, of the cathedral burning says the way conspiracy thinking works, the very fact that YouTube briefly linked the two events and then deleted the information might just prove, in quotes, to some observers that something fishy was going on. Come on. (laughs) Are you kidding me? That's what it says. Let us attest right now that we did not discuss this before. Like, you should be so lucky we discussed this show before we do it. I just now looked at this article, too. That's <laughs> so crazy because that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, they're just not they're just not getting it right. <laughs> that's messed up. Well, we, hopefully we can continue to stay one step ahead of them and anticipate these things. We don't know how many new streams of the Notre Dame fire triggered the 9-11 link, and YouTube didn't answer the question, but observers on Twitter posted screenshots from CBS, NBC, and France with the same gray boxes. Any visitor to those pages, we also don't know how many there were, would have at least wondered what YouTube thought the Notre Dame fire had to do with 9-11, or worse, come away believing that the content providers themselves believed the two events were connected. The fact that it absolutely smacked of 9-11 from minute one, 
And that's the thing that they are saying is bad about it. To me, that's the greatest evidence, the the biggest tell that this thing was absolutely orchestrated. I think it is anyway, just because of the symbolic value of what it's doing, when it's doing. I mean, it's it, it almost it's just another one of those things that makes me feel there are occult forces at the very top. Yeah, and here is some more, I think, validation to that because it goes to what you were talking about a few weeks ago about live streaming stuff. It says, this incident underscores the fiendish difficulties between platform that platforms still face when handling breaking news events, even after years of focus on combating misinformation. Human monitors can't keep up with the scale, and algorithms fall at, fail at the most basic task. Tech companies approach software as a game of incremental improvement. YouTube's information panels will doubtless work better tomorrow at handling this particular problem. But by then, there will be new problems. And I also saw another headline that was about how Facebook is going to soon be implementing stricter policies on their live streaming, which is what you were mentioning. And I think this is also connected to that. Yeah, like I am not pursuing the – I'm not – we are making – as far as I'm concerned, I wanted to like start doing YouTube live and stuff, but I'm not even going to bother like doing this show live and getting calls and stuff because I just feel like it's not – it's – it's not going to happen. Now, people aren't doing it, so I don't know. Maybe we could get certified, but we definitely aren't going to get certified. And their idea that it's like they just can't keep up. I can't keep up. I'm trying to keep suicidal themes out of my kids' like cartoon watching on YouTube, and I absolutely can't do that. And there is nothing that will do it for me, which makes no sense at all because – they, there should be a system where this is for this age group and they're hand-curated videos. People, Did we talk about the suicide videos have and the kids? Have we talked about it? Have we talked about that? Because I, I, one of my friend's kids showed me one of those videos where they're putting these, like, coded messages about suicide in kids' videos. Yeah, yeah. That was it. That was in the news. I don't know if we talked about it, but it's definitely— A kid told me about this. So and it's at the same time that there is a like ad council campaign like we rise and and it's it's like I've seen it on I don't know billboards or buses or I don't know where I can't remember but it says I believe it says something like we rise and then suicide is real or something like that you know and it's just I don't want my kids ab- absorbing that meme constantly i don't care what they say their intention is it's not a healthy thing to put in their heads constantly no it's not and they make it into a song and a lot of these videos got taken down but other people would put them but up. those are the ones that are absolutely that people say are bad i'm saying the stuff that's good at the same time there's a they're actually saying that it's good and it's like the time that uh I never watched the news, but I watched like Mario Cuomo was the governor and he's like talking about crack, all about crack. And I was just like, wow, what's crack? (laughs) I was like, crack is terrible. I was like, oh, okay, it sounds great. (laughs) But it didn't sound great. But I just am saying like he was I, I it wasn't on my radar at all. Like I was not thinking about it. And and then. There's this constant advertising blitz almost. And then you see that Gary Webb exposed that crack was brought into the inner cities by government. 
by the U.S. government to, I think it was to fund the Iran-Contra thing. But Dark Alliance is the book he wrote, and I believe he was actually deemed a suicide with two bullets in the head. Hmm. So that's whatever, weird. But my point about the YouTube stuff is, or uh, uh, they say they're overwhelmed with it, but how long has does it take for your videos, when you put them up and it's stuff they don't like to be demonetized and for me to have lost my rights there. I'm usually demonetized by default. And if it's not, if it ends up not being demonetized like a day later, the monetization will be normal. So you can't get monetized until they screen you is what you're saying. That's what it what seems it like. like. <laughs> Some of the videos do end up getting monetized, but not all, not all of them. And only I, I've, I've found that if I choose my words in a certain way, I cannot trigger some sort of algorithm. Right. But here's here's the thing that I want, and maybe it's out there. I have not found it. Just have have you you don't have to censor all of YouTube. You can have oh, but they want to protect society from from whatever. Okay. Cause I was gonna say, like, for me, I just want I, I would be totally satisfied and I would absolutely pay for it. To have a 12 to 18 year old channel, YouTube, cha- overarching YouTube, like genus or whatever, that they take some of their tens of thousands of human censors and they okay videos. You would probably have a million videos in a week. <laughs> you know, you don't need to have every video in real time. And I could have my son with Down syndrome watch that. He does not need infinite videos. He just needs enough videos to fill his lifetime, which would be there. But they don't have that. And and third parties say YouTube makes it very difficult to do that. So I think that they are I, – I, I think that they're setting it up. So You know, this whole thing is a setup, but they're setting it up so that it all can get on there. And it needs this overarching regulatory solution. Yeah, the more they can point to problems, the more they can demand that these tech companies adhere to the EU standards, which was a subject of the Brookings panel discussion that we mentioned briefly on the show last Saturday, which will be up shortly after we record this. But there's a major push for these tech companies to adhere to the EU standards and for the uh, United States to adopt the EU standards on social media. They, they want a global standard, and they're pushing really hard right now to get it. And it makes me really wonder why, because it seems like every single issue loops back to the United States needs to adhere to this global EU standard on social media on well, – I can't – what is the – do you remember the name of the specific law that they use? I can look it up right now. Oh, no the – like you're talking about the EU thing? Yeah. Uh privacy shield. Yes, privacy privacy shield was one of them and there's a new copyright law. I think oh, there's the one of them. Oh, the general data protection. That's it. The general data protection law which pretty much makes it impossible for anybody that's not already a major world dominating tech company to do anything. Because it costs millions of dollars, like a year, to to make to adhere that, to these standards. When the first time they said that they were going to do privacy standards over there, I was absolutely like, maybe the maybe Europe still has, maybe the people of Europe still have some power over this stuff, and they're socialist and they're regulatory. But maybe there's a benevolent, you know, they they still have the government that 
has to serve them, in which case it's better than it being a sinister approach. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to like go down the rabbit hole on this one. If I were to go down the rabbit hole, it would be that these kind of regulations keep competition from coming up and giving you something that you really want, which is real privacy, for example. So I was just really like reserving judgment because it seems like I'm just knee jerk, always, always, always. This this is bad. You know, why, why are these girls like taking selfies and dying? Like, why isn't it just an organic article? Like, why can't I just accept that? And and this is what it is absolutely shaking out to be that. By, by the way, you know the data when you take a photo on your phone, the data can – if you post that picture on Twitter or anywhere, somebody can find out your location by extracting the data from that picture. You can remove that data from the picture. There's a way to do it. But if you don't, and most people don't, because why would you even think about that? Nobody even I thinks about that. I just saw the Black Mirror about that. Which one was that? It was the one with the bees. Oh, yeah. Did yeah, yeah. Know? But I think black mirrors are old. Like I think that that they are their predictive programming from like a couple of years ago and this stuff is all real. I actually saw an Israeli drone that was the size and appearance of a dragonfly like 6 years ago. Not in person, but I saw like an image of that too. I saw an article about them using a, insects to model drones recently too. Yeah, but this was right. So but they were way ahead. To of explain the black mirror plot, it's it's little Drones that are bumblebee that are bees that when somebody clicks like, yes, I think someone should die on like an Internet poll, the bees will randomly select someone. If you if you selected, yes, that someone else should die, then you become a target and these roving packs of insect drones will just come after you and kill you. Right. Bore into your brain through your ear. And that was like this guy's way of now. Let's not give the spoiler, but it was the guy's way of kind of keeping the internet a hole factor down. Yeah, it's like <laughs> saying don't be a troll or you're going to get it back, which is interesting. I've, I've thought about that when I've been – when I've thought about re- replying on some long Twitter thread or something. I've been like, I don't want a roving pack of bees to come after me. <laughs> so well, you, Oh, go ahead. But it won't be – it wouldn't be – in good faith, though, like that's the thing. I think, like maybe I shouldn't write this or say this. I'm like, but even if I didn't, they they could create it. Did you see the ad- advertisements for the new Lion King movie? No, is it live action? Does that mean it looks like actual like real like you're people watching a nature documentary? Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, anyone who does not think that they can, I mean, these are lions talking. Yeah, you've never seen a talking lion. I, I, I remember I remember the Planet of the Apes one that's like that. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. And and my guess is, and I think you've had the same thought, it's like they don't even make it as real as it could be because they don't want you to realize. Like they put deliberate flaws in it. The like Uncanny the Valley. Huh? That's Uncanny Valley, right, where there's always going to be, no matter how much you make a robot or an animation look real, it's always going to be something kind of off about it. Like on purpose? Not necessarily on purpose. Did you just say uncanny valley? Yeah, that's that's what it's referred to. Right, okay. Put that in the glossary. But I think they do it on purpose. So like I think that when they tell you that there's an anchor man or weather woman who's an android, and look how amazing this is, they don't act that 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 is not their best android. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Their best android just drove you home in your Uber. <laughs> And you didn't know it. 
speaking of that, there was an article yesterday that I found which I thought was really interesting. The title of this one is Chinese Scientists Gene Hacked Super Smart Human-Monkey Hybrids. For the first time, scientists have used gene editing techniques to make monkey brains more human-like. The monkeys got smarter. They had superior memories than unaltered monkeys, the recently published report research report says. Obviously, this kicked off a fiery debate about the ethics of it, but yeah, they made a basically a, a human-monkey hybrid. That shocks the sensibilities. I mean, that's going right towards the movie you're just talking about right there. And yeah, on, that's awful. There was a – I loved Michael Crichton and when he died after writing Next. I believe Next was his last one. I felt like even if he wasn't going to die of natural causes and if he did, it was – you know, the report was it was cancer, that he'd have to die anyway because he was a scientist. He was a doctor or whatever, but he could really grasp the science of stuff and the ethical problems. He was like a jurist. And I think the three professions are – Jurist, doctor, and clergy. And this guy was like all three. Like he could understand the implications of the science for ethical and sociological purposes. And he wrote novels, which I found to be pretty page-turning. And one of them was Next, where it was a human chimp, I guess, hybrid. And the trouble that ensued but it but his point was about like patenting genes he was said you can't patent genes I, I forget what the connection was i'd have to reread it but he stuff he foresee he wrote one about the the environmental mania way back when and i remember reading it like this is ridiculous and then like all unfolded before me yeah the hysteria well it's interesting because they also just printed this is another article that i found yesterday a 3D printed tiny heart from human cells has been created. Wow. Israeli scientists create the first 3D printed heart with blood, ves blood vessels. And so this is – although the organ is only as big as a rabbit's heart, researchers are hoping that the technology could one day be developed to – developed enough to help human patients in need of a heart transplant. Our results demonstrate the potential of our approach for engineering personal tissue and organ replacement in the future. That that's amazing. Yeah, I mean it is amazing and the and the implications of that are mind-blowing and fantastically great. And I can't help but think that they aren't doing it for us. Yeah. They're they're going to print your face off and <laughs> put it on an android. Yeah, and they're going to they're going to test it on robots, or they're going to test it on animals first. So when it finally works, like say they you know they're going to try to print human brains too. They're already trying to do that. They're oh. creating brain tissue. I've read about this a couple years ago. Not full working brains, but brain tissue. Yeah. Once they develop that to where it's Basically creating a brain, they might put a full brain inside of a monkey. They might put a full human heart inside of a monkey, and, and there might literally be human hybrids yes. with human brain, that, like monkeys that are just as smart as us. Yeah, cyborgs. Or smarter. I wonder, I would, if I had to speculate, I would say, so they cannot create human life in a, in a lab. My husband read me an article not too long ago. It's like, oh, they got like a, a cell out of nothing. I was like, there's no chance. It's like, no, they did. They did. I said, there is no chance. They definitely injected it with life somehow. Like they did not spontaneously generate life. 
And lo, he read it and it said they, it's like, oh yeah, you're right. They, I just, I think that that's like a, an interdimensional barrier, a cosmic barrier. And, and it's a premise of nature. You can't create life from non-life. I think it's a scientific principle, but then I like, I feel like with the, with the brain, human brain, I think that what makes it, what gives it like self-awareness and consciousness and stuff, I think is like in a different dimensional place. Maybe it's just electrical impulses that is possible, but I just, I, I would think that I, I'll be surprised if I see that one. But it's I think possible. it has the potential to go horribly wrong in there. <laughs> that too. But yeah, so when they have the human heart in the android, can you not unplug that android then? Like then do they have to say what's a, what's human life? Which is laughable considering that they spend a lot of time trying to tell us that human beings who, who do not have a right to life, at the same time they're trying to tell us about non-human beings who have the right to life. Yeah, that's going to be dangerous right. because if these hearts they make are really, really strong, good hearts, it's going to be hard for them to stop them. Oh, yeah. Dick Cheney might have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, always figured he just picked one walking down the street. You know, I don't, I don't have this one offhand, but I did see something where scientists believe that there's somebody alive today who will live to be a thousand years old because of the technology where it's going. Now, that wow. person might be Dick Cheney. But ha- but oh well then that would explain why they want the population to get down to five hundred million. Yeah, if people are going to be living that long, you can't. Right, that's the pro. That's what where they they say it breaks down. But I mean, this is the Malthusian myth so far. Although it is quite a problem for Social Security, which I believe was enacted when the life expectancy was like ten or twenty years younger and the retirement age was older. I don't know. <laughs> I have to brush up on my, my my details on that. What do you got? Oh, so, so I wanted to talk about the the measles thing though because I read an article. They're really going nuts on the on the vax thing, and I read yeah. an article that that uh, highlighted conspiracy theories. I don't have it like um, parsed out, so let me just like read some of the. Last month, a travel. Oh, this is what it says. It says. Unaware he had measles, a man traveled from New York to Michigan, infecting 39 people. Last month, a traveler raising money for charity in Brooklyn's ultra-Orthodox Jewish community drove through the night to Detroit, his next fundraising stop. He felt sick and root and saw a doctor when he got there, but the doctor who had never seen measles misdiagnosed the man's fever and cough as bronchitis. During the next two weeks, the traveler would become Michigan's patient zero, <laughs> which is like straight out of sci-fi. Spreading the highly contagious respiratory virus to 39 people as he stayed in private homes, attended synagogue daily, and shopped in kosher markets. His case offers a cautionary tale about how easily one of the most infectious pathogens on the planet spreads within close-knit communities, especially those whose members live, work, and socialize outside the mainstream. So there's a lot in there, like this patient zero thing. They make it sound like typhoid Mary like it's this life-threatening disease. I got a tweet saying they never talk. They talk about the few people who die from measles and never talk about the many who die from the vaccine. Now, in either case, the fewer the many that I'm talking about, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny number compared to the pe- number of people who get the vaccine. But if they are vaccinated, so they so they had to take this community, target this community because it's a whole community that they're saying don't get vaccinated because in the general population as we discussed last time it 
this narrative cannot hold together because what they're saying is vaccinations keep you from getting the measles. So if you're vaccinated, you're really not at any risk from the unvaccinated. Yeah. And they're developing nanobot medical technology. So it's not like it's not possible to put something in a vaccine that people are unaware is inside of it. That's so interesting. Also, yes. So that Bill Gates is one of the people who's working on this type of technology. That doesn't surprise me. These two, so the two things I was saying earlier about like the constant surveillance and having to be plugged into the grid, this would could do both of those because the idea of having that surveillance, you know, they always want the RFID chip and all this kind of stuff. They want you to be, finally, I think they gave up on the RFID and just had us all get hooked on phones and had us be required in order to produce in the marketplace kind of revelation style the that you have to have this smartphone, which tracks your every move. I mean, people basically have it. And if you don't, the government will give you one. They have so much of your, like, I know everybody knows they have a lot of their data, but until you actually go in and look at it, like there's this thing called a Google, Google sensor, sensor vault, which they are giving this data to law enforcement. You can go in and look and see what they have on you. It's terrifying. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. Oh no, I'm just digesting what you're saying. Like, but I could, could I actually just go do that? Yeah. And they tell you how to disable it too. So I'll tweet the link. I'll tweet the link of this article to you. Well, I doubt. Yes, I would love that, but I sincerely doubt they actually yeah. do disable it. But when they were talking about how they were tracking who was going to WikiLeaks, they're saying, "Oh, Google tracks everybody who visits WikiLeaks." So if they're if they're tracking that, then they're probably tracking the people who – that's why I never got an FOIA request on myself. Like I don't I, – <laughs> I feel like asking for the information, pursuing the information means you've got something to hide. Yeah. And that puts you on a flag, and they could actually say that. It's probable cause. They say they use twisted arguments like that. It's suspicious behavior for you to be worried about what the government knows about you. It's like when you get pulled over and they say, do you got any drugs in the car? If you say no, that that, that gives them probable cause <laughs> – because you got nothing to hide. Where the the answer, the way you're supposed to answer, at least this is what they taught me in law school. I don't know if it's changed. Was uh, what's your probable cause? Which that just provokes the officer when you when you answer. Yeah, that I mean, way. is that not resisting arrest? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's another thing. I think that you shouldn't be able to be charged with resisting arrest if they if the underlying charge doesn't stick. Because you should be. I mean, I get how it's a problem, but you know, to have people resisting. You need, like, the order. You can't have a cop having to adjudicate your crime. He needs you to cooperate. So I understand it, but there should definitely be some give and take in the outcome uh, of resisting arrest if there was no underlying crime, and maybe there is. But if they're going to – so here's the thing about the the vaccines. People are – the thing that's making me think – even get interested in the vaccine subjects, which I was never really interested in – is how hard they're coming down on anti-vaxxers. So I'm not, I was never an anti-vaxxer. I would probably do my homework before I slip my kids' veins open and put 48 different pathogens in there if I had it to do over again. But I didn't, and it's done, and so we're not stigmatized. But we might be damaged, and this is what I wonder, is that if... So my nephew died of colon cancer when he was 41, so he's a millennial, and he's not that much younger than I am. And so, like, something happened between him. 
between when I was born and he was born, where our generations have, his generation has a much higher rate of young colon cancer than my generation does. So I was talking to a doctor about it, like I had this damn gluten problem. And I was like, I don't know, maybe my nephew had that, you know, maybe. And he's like, oh, that's ridiculous. I said, hey, man, it's got to be something, you know, that's got to be something that's causing the spike. I said, maybe it's because he was on Accutane. Maybe it's because of the vaccine schedule. I really don't know. But but I just I just wonder with some of these things that were untried that might have 30 year lag times before you see what's wrong with them. If they, if the badness of it, even a Teflon stays in the body, but I didn't, I didn't hear it was like that bad for you, but like hot plastic, microwaving plastic supposedly is very yeah. bad for you, keeping water bottles in the car overnight. My point is that if these, if any of these things do have a kind of time bomb effect so that later in life you, you are not independently healthy, you're again stuck to the grid, whether it's blood pressure medicine or blood thinning medicine or chemo or insulin or whatever it is that even even if it's just health guidelines that are really wrong this is what this is kind of what i worry about like if you really want to get sinister and down the rabbit hole i think you have to worry about why they're pushing this stuff like it's it feels like beyond just making money on vaccines and they are i believe they are it seems a little over the top everything yeah. seems amped up right now it seems they're pushing these things. Well, they, it's not even subtle. It, they're coupling it in this article with the conspiracy theory thing. Let me see. See, I was trying to be good about not printing things out. I, I just try not to print a lot of things out, but like it's so impossible to really have an, a personal relationship with <laughs> the written word. It's hard. And, and yeah, I like to print stuff out too. I, like, never I seriously did it. start to feel like. My face. I feel. I feel like I'm, I'm a cyborg when I just have my face up against my phone and the screen. I want to print it out. I want to go outside and read it. Yeah, but I can't even. I can't even find what the hell I was looking for. And I looked at it like three times already. But it talks about. Uh, yeah, here it is. They put the like hardcore propaganda memes like up front. Yeah, they bury the real information. <laughs> well, they and they you know they just want to make sure it gets there. So it says many of these communities, so they're talking about Orthodox Jewish communities, are, and this, the ground zero for some of this stuff is where I grew up in New York. Like, I was, I didn't realize it was going to be a big national story. I thought I was just aware of it because my sister told me about it, but here it is, getting wings. It says many of these communities are wary of government, avoid television and the internet, and often rely on their own clinicians for medical care in such a void, <laughs> they have clinicians, anti-vaccine misinformation. Is there any anti-vaccine information or is it all misinformation? Yeah, it's has, take your vaccine or it's misinformation. Exactly. Has sometimes gained a foothold deterring parents from fully vaccinating their children. So I want vaccine information, not anti-vaccine misinformation. I just want vaccine information. And when I yeah. suggested it, one of the only times that my boss ever got hate mail on my behalf was when I said I would wish I had investigated the chicken pox vaccine before I gave it to my kids. That's all I said. And you so, got somebody gave you trouble for that? Hate mail. Like, yeah. I mean, the things that I say on the WSB show, I'm shocked that people don't get emotional enough about it to 
Yeah, it's it's when they tell you you can't ask questions That's that you just thing. have to take it. That is when I'm like, no, and they know that. They know that there's a group of people who psychologically – I mean this is like when you tell your daughter or your son, don't date that person. Don't do this. Don't do that. that that's going to make them more likely to do it. So they know that there's a groups of people who when you try and force them to take a vaccine are going to say no, but they also know that they can use – crowd psychology uh shaming and that people will want to they'll feel like they have to jump on the bandwagon absolutely it's shaming it is all shaming it's shaming shaming i have to i just want to there's another part i want to read that paragraph again many of these communities are wary of government avoid television and the internet or the internet's where you get well maybe not anymore but you can get some information from that Often rely on their own clinicians for medical care. So let's just look at that. This is the thing that they're calling a void. Okay. These people are calling this article in, I think it's the Washington Post, is calling it a void that's full of anti vaccine misinformation. They're wary of governments, avoid television and the internet, and rely on their own clinicians for medical care. So if you're not getting government or propaganda, you are not you you are vulnerable to misinformation because the government and the mainstream media is the only place to get truth and it makes me think of that what's called the hispanic paradox that people people who come from all different cultures to this country and don't speak English. They speak Spanish. They do not speak English, but they come from all different cultures and countries. So they're eating different food and everything. Have a greater, like a significantly longer life expectancy in this country. So they get to this country and they probably experience like increased wealth, but not relative to other people in this country. And the theory is, or the first theory I ever heard and the one I like the best is that they are simply, uh, they simply cannot understand the propaganda because it's in English. So they just go with their like folkways or their instincts or what they were raised with. And because they aren't propagandized into the medical myths or whatever it is, I don't know. I mean, this is just the theory. Someone has to explain. It's just like my nephew. It's like, okay, but there's, you can call me crazy, but there's, there is something. (laughs) There's some reason. Yeah, and they ignore the fact that vaccinations and pharmaceuticals are only one path toward, towards healing, that we could have focused our energy on a whole bunch of different other paths of healing that were used throughout the beginning of the world. I mean there there are natural healing because they, they made it sound like it was bad to go to your own doctor who is Yes, isn't. that's the other thing. Yes, your own clinicians. Are these people practicing medicine without a license? I mean maybe they are, but – but it doesn't even say your own clinicians. Don't you go to your own clinician? Yeah, they make it sound like someone. It's just it's you're right. They're, it's targeting those people who are not connected to the grid, really. And that's what they're trying to get everybody locked onto the internet, onto the smart grid, but because then it does what what you oh. said moments ago. If everybody's on the smart grid, then they everybody is essentially at the mercy of whoever controls the smart grid. And the more you do it, the less you can do. Like driving. People aren't going to know how to drive in the next generation. And right now, people are probably going to stop wanting to drive. They're going to have to get a driverless car because people cannot take their hands off their phone. It is becoming Mm -hmm. physically impossible for them to. 
Yeah, certainly this generation that's up and coming. But Yeah, people are going to be riding in driverless cars all over the country on their phones having sex with each other. That's what's going to happen with driverless cars. Don't mean Look, to be this, vulgar, but that's what it'll be. Yeah, <laughs> this is – sorry, I'm just, I don't want to lose my thoughts. Sorry. This ties into – no, this ties into something that you, – what you said remind me of this, that the medical – this – this idea that being off the grid is is a public health hazard or like a hazard to yourself and your children. This article is coming on the heels of that study from last week or the week before that poor people, minorities in the inner city tend to be in the more polluted, congested uh, fringy areas and as a result have real life expectancy uh, impact, like a negative life expectancy impact because of their exposure to environmental harm. So in addition to like terrorism and drug control and all this stuff that is used for for to take away our rights and protections, now we have these health concerns that are going to foster propaganda and regulation. Which they always do, but I'm just saying these are specific memes that are, I think, are being thrown at just a general requirement of of propaganda and regulation, health control, control of your very body and what you think about what to do. Yeah, it, totally, and it starts from birth because, like you said, I don't know how to live off the land. I don't know which berries to pick. I don't know how to – Garden. I mean, a lot of people do, but the people you don't really learn that in school. You don't learn what's healthy, what's not. You don't learn to develop um, the ability to go out and get your own food if you need to. Uh, how to eat right in a way that's good for your body. You just kind of learn to eat the junk that's around you, and that becomes a habit. And when you don't know another strategy when you get older, and when everything's so busy all the time, you just go get the junk you know that you're going to eat. Right, and then you start developing things like hypertension and high cholesterol, and like all these things. It's amazing what a difference it is if you if you're rich enough to eat fresh fruits and vegetables and like have the time to shop and cook and clean. Like, trust me. Like the more as my kids get more independent, I'm like, okay, I can like make a nice meal, whatever. Oh my gosh, the time, effort, and money that it takes to feed your family like well like that. It's it's like only rich people can do it. You know, I mean it's a real it's a real burden. It's only real rich people, strength. yeah, and people who know how to live off the land that might be on a small yes. island. Like that island where I think I've talked about it, this island before where that has the largest population of people who live to be over 100 years old. It's a tiny uh Japanese island and the island of the immortals is what they refer to oh, wow. it as. And all the elders there, they they eat rice, they eat off the land, they eat natural foods, and they're all – not all of them, but they have so many – what's it called? Uh, centenarians? Centenarians? People are lived to be over 100 years old. <laughs> I saw yeah. a story about a guy who, who had been told he was going to die of cancer in a couple of weeks, so he decided to move to this island, and he just lived off the land and did what the locals did, and then he didn't die for decades. Wow. Maybe he was that kind of guy. Like, I mean, you don't know. You got to, I would. Yeah, you have no idea. That's but... awesome. So, so, but I want to clarify that. Like when I say like, it's only rich people, it's because like a stay at home mom could do it. But it seems to me that you have to really be in the upper middle class to be able to afford 
to keep a spouse at home. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well, I told you, didn't I ever tell you about that story where the neighbor, when we lived in Houston and the neighbor, I was talking to the neighbor one day and, uh, I had little kids in diapers and I had two golden retrievers and I was just like always outside picking up dog poop because it was a small yard. And he said, and I was talking to him and I told him I had, uh, here, my Twitter troll is going to just love this, that I have these Ivy League degrees, let's just say. And, um, he late another time, my brother's a truck driver coming to town. He, he was talking to the neighbor one time and he came in. He's like, Oh my gosh, the neighbor was asking me, like, does she really, does she really go to Harvard? Does she really go to Stanford ever? And my brother's like, I told him, yeah, absolutely. And of course, this is like so hard to believe given that my brother just pulled in in his big giant tractor trailer smoking cigarettes in my backyard with like, you know, raspy voice and a, Kind of like, oh yeah, she's a really high class dame. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So the guy, so the guy says, "Wow, wow, what, what must her husband do?" And he said, uh, "And my brother said, what, what do you mean? What do you mean?'" He says, "I mean that guy's got to be packing some heat if he's got a JD MBA from Stanford picking up his dog." poop <laughs> ever since then it's like hey that guy's gotta be packing some heat but my my point is that you know to have your wife stay at home with your kids is like a status symbol yeah i hate to talk about cultural stuff because it's is personal and maybe i'm wrong like i am not great at like i'm great at big picture view of analytical patterns but like sociology is a little beyond my scope but i feel like that's true i mean that's my experience is that it really absorbs a lot of resources and by that i mostly mean time but also money to be able to uh it, it really just stay out of the the chips bag yeah is if you're hungry and that's what's there that's what you eat so that means that all that stuff is like, oh, oh, I know when it started, when I couldn't eat gluten anymore. I just had to like, I realized that I really couldn't eat processed food unless it actually says gluten-free on it. If it says, if it doesn't show wheat, you still can't eat it. Like half the time I'll get sick as a dog. I'm like, it's just because it's everywhere. It's like just floating around in the air in every chip factory. So, uh, so I just started to realize how much process, like for the first time in my life, I started reading ingredients and everything. And then I'm just like, what is all this crap? And then now that I stopped eating it, I feel better. And if I eat it, I'm like, maybe that's the problem. Maybe it isn't even the gluten anymore. It's just all the other crap that's in all those bags. But I'm not really like a health nutty person. I just, I, I, I've just observed these things, but I got to say, so this, this, in this article, it says, uh, what's similar about all these communities is that they live in proximity to each other, spend a lot of their time interacting with each other. Okay, so community is a problem. Uh, said Daniel Sa Salmon, a professor of international health at the, wait for it, wait for it, the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health and director of the school's Institute for Vaccine Safety. He says, uh, that's what matters. Measles doesn't care what your cultural heritage is. But but the reason the Bloomberg thing cracks me up is because, again, with Obamacare, I was, and I've always said this about, uh, yeah, about health care, I believe. And again, it was just one of those things, like, I don't always have to go down the rabbit hole, but I do, 
with Obamacare, I'm like, hey, you can't. Oh, this was my my what I always used to say is like uh, a left leaning libertarian isn't a thing because you can't allow people to smoke their pot and pay for their health care. Because then the healthcare people will start telling the pot smokers what to do. So you just can't do it. People would call themselves left-leaning libertarian. Then I actually heard Bloomberg, who was trying to implement a sugary soda ban or limitation in New York, which horrified me because that's just driving everyone to NutraSweet, which accounts for, I think, something like 80 or 90 or more percent of all the FDA complaints in the country, look it up, maybe it's 75%, but the vast majority of complaints to the FDA is headaches or other symptoms from NutraSweet. So by banning sugary drinks, this guy, I was like, that is a terrible idea for healthcare. However, his excuse was, it was right after Obamacare got passed, he said, now that we're all paying for your healthcare, we have an interest and a right to in your health. Yeah. So this, so, so, but it's all about, it's all about control. Like the more, the more you're plugged into the matrix, the more control they have over everything and the more right they have to control everything. Yep. And that's why this internet of things, this internet of warfare things, they have a whole bunch of different internet of things names that are associated with the different aspects of society and they are a regular topic of conversation at panel discussions at these think tanks around the world because they're trying to implement this stuff as quickly as possible. They even talk about how we would love to get the policy through and whatever, but it just takes too long. We need to get this stuff out there and get it set up and then basically deal with the consequences oh, later. like the 5G thing, which I hope Yeah, those that- two are related. The 5G and the 5G is what enables the internet of things did you see i sent you i'm hoping that we can talk at length about 5g in the near future but did you see an email i sent you or a twitter tweeted at you that it talks about the the law that the federal law that requires localities to modify their infrastructure to allow fast rollout of 5g yeah, I was talking about that. I That's the law I was talking yeah. about a while ago that yeah, they're trying to introduce yeah. at the state level and they're trying to force it onto the counties because I, some of the counties were yeah. trying to block it. Right. Yeah, I thought I thought that you had called this to my attention, but it's like definitely real. Uh, so I have a Quora, a Quora question of the week that falls into this, this measles thing. Well, oh, oh, yeah, let's hear it. Somewhat, the whole thing. But what you were saying about... This whole uh, vaccine thing definitely goes to your idea of do not think for yourself. Do not think. Uh, Okay, so this says, this is the Quora question. In what ways are the American right and left anti-science, respectively, how much overlap is there? Okay, so I think think I'm pretty confident that, I guess there's just millions of questioners, but if there weren't, there, there's definitely some like <laughs> central questioner throwing these softballs. There's a screening out. process too. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there is it, the 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 idea that this is spontaneous is just ridiculous. Although I met a guy who was going to go work at Quora. I should see if I can track him down after the fact. Yeah, like, you should tail him. I just I I want to ask him questions, but I have to see him personally. I, I'm sure he would 
not <laughs> put anything in digital, but just seeing me, like, I think it's scary <laughs> for people. Um, okay. So Daniel Dvorkin, he, I think he was like answer of the year in 2018. I oh, wow. Oh yeah. He's big. He's a big guy. Okay. Daniel Dvorkin, PhD, bioinformatics and biostatistics, University of Colorado School of Medicine, 2013. Okay. I didn't mean to out his personal name, but. I did. <laughs> Sorry. Here's, well, he got, it got a thousand upvotes and 31,000 views and they put it in my email. So I'm sure he's happy with all that. But like, recall, these are upvotes. This isn't validation or verification. It's just damn upvotes. It's just democracy, which, which YouTube conspiracy videos have millions of views and upvotes. You know what I mean? Like, and, and yes, I realize it brings it to the top of the search thing, but that's why people, they're being suppressed. So this is for sure curated. But anyway, examples of right-wing anti-science. You ready? Yeah. Guess one. What do you think is one example of right-wing anti-science? Right-wing anti-science. Mm-hmm. Is it easy one? But are you? I thought you were going to read something to me. Oh, I was, but I was just thinking, can you guess a few? Can I guess a few things that are right-wing anti-science? In, according to this guy. Uh, I'd have to think about it. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to throw that at you. You know it is global warming denialism. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I, it, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anti-environmentalism generally, <laughs> just generally anti-environmentalism. Okay, do they mean anti- being anti-environment? And is environmentalism a science? Okay, creationism is an anti. I was thinking about this. So, you know, my mother doesn't believe in dinosaurs, right? Mm-hmm. And then when she started talking about it, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't understand. J.J. Reddick, who's an NBA player, doesn't believe in them either. Who? J.J. Reddick. Played for Duke. He's an NBA basketball he, player. He should drink some hemlock because he is clearly a danger to the youth. Yeah. <laughs> Just like He also apparently made his cards. girlfriend sign an abortion contract. Oof. Heard that story, too. Yikes. As opposed to... A non-abortion? Mayweather <laughs> didn't May- Floyd Mayweather out his girlfriend for aborting their twins? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think he, he put the sonogram on Twitter. Yikes. Wow. So, uh, oh, so anyway, but like, so my mother doesn't, I'm like, my mother never goes that, never goes further than I go. But now she's got, I'm like, I don't, I just shrug my shoulders. I have no idea. But. Then I realized, so I looked for a T-shirt that said dinosaurs are fake. I just thought it would be funny to have that T-shirt. <laughs> and the only T-shirt, this is in the world. Like, so I'm Googling it on my computer with Amazon and everything else. So I'm looking for a T-shirt, a single T-shirt that says dinosaurs are fake. And the only one I could find said dinosaurs are fake. The Bible tells us so. That's what the shirt says? Yep. Did you get it? No, because it pissed me off. I was like, I just proved to me that dinosaurs are real. I just thought it would be funny. You know, like I just thought it would be funny. And, and I didn't, but that, but it made me realize that they, they, they lump anti-dinosaurism into creationism, into young earth creationism to discredit it, to make it sound kooky. So then I realized that if I ever said I didn't believe in dinosaurs, people would think, I'm a young earth creationist kook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's almost a flat earther. Yeah. 
Uh, exaggerated claims about fetal development. That's a new one. What does that even mean? It means that a baby is a person. Yeah. Like, oh, that's an interesting way to put that. Yes. But I, but I just, in my opinion, if you go back and read, like I'm not talking about the laws. I, you know, I just don't – I don't know. I'm not talking about the laws. But if you go back and read stuff about colonialism and indigenous people and slavery – You'll find contemporary writings when those atrocities were taking place where they would argue these are not human beings because the Christians were doing it. And they would, you shout not kill. Well, it's like killing an animal. It's not like killing a human being. <laughs> and in my so my kind of like looking back, like, you know, if you don't want to be judged by history and shown lacking when in doubt call something a human. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when in doubt, it's human. If it's if it's a dog, it's a dog. But if you're not sure if it used to be human, could be human. If it were baptized, it would become human. If it were born, it would be human. Like just and then go from there and then say, well, you still have no right to make me incubate it. I'm uh, like that's a different argument. But anyway, so exaggerated claims about fetal development, uh, rejection of epidemiology as it pertains to sex, pregnancy, and sexually transmitted disease. Epidemiology, what is that? I guess that's the disease study. Hmm. Sex, pregnancy, and sexually transmitted disease. So I guess abstinence does not prevent sexually transmitted. <laughs> they really want my kids to get Gardasil shots, including boys. What do those do? Gardasil shots are like supposedly prevent human papillomavirus what's it called it's like a human sexually transmitted disease that is appears on females primarily but it, it was, won't be long before they're forcing people to get that well the i guess japan worries a lot about uh demographics and fertility and they took it off their like recommended vaccine list because i think they suspected it was having uh, an impact on fertility which i would think because it's messing around with that area and when I told my doctor, like, I didn't think it was out in the world long enough to know what the implications were, especially given my nephew. And I just, you know, I kind of, you want, if stuff's been, the longer it's been around, the more you know what, and he's just like, yeah, he called me superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> he said anti-vaxxers are superstitious. Yeah. Well, that like, may be uh, true. Sure. It's not, you're not arguing that vaccines, that's the thing about that. You're not arguing that vaccines, the, the concept of it doesn't work. What... The problem is, is that there are cases that have caused problems and they just ignore those. And now this is the more conspiratorial, but this is absolutely, if you look at the history, there has been human testing done on people. And if you can get a population to shame anyone who doesn't get a vaccine to the point to where everybody gets it automatically without questioning, without thinking, then you can easily put things in those vaccines that uh, are bad for you. Yeah, that numbs people. That makes people docile or whatever. Or anything. Yeah, I mean, like the nanobots, the water whatever. Does that. Just the fact that they don't want you to ask any questions about it should raise suspicions. Agreed. And the fact that the answer was that I was superstitious. Yeah. That I didn't have faith. And I don't have faith. Like, I don't have faith. I don't trust any of this. And I don't think you did the homework. I think you... He's faith. pressured by his people, like the associations. The doctors probably get pressured more than Yeah, I, else. I don't think he really cares. He's like, he's a good guy. I like him. 
But he's just like, I'm not, why go down that road? Yeah. <laughs> what good is that going to do? It's that ethical glass ceiling. Or maybe just complacency. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know what makes somebody get accepted to medical school. It's very hard to get accepted to medical school. You can't write a, a right. paper on how you're an anti-vaxxer. I right. Would, that's my guess. guess. And I feel that's true like in all of academia. But also they insulate the companies from litigation, which means that these things are not fully vetted. I, or it could mean that. That's a good way to get information out there. That's why I don't I, – another reason I don't like plea bargains. I want to really understand what's going on and get to the truth of things for our edification as a society. If we're going to live together and make rules, we should know what we're talking about, and it should be vetted. Uh, but they want to make all the rules, though. That's the problem, whoever the, they are. The they well <laughs> well that it is said that the Rockefellers I I believe the original Rockefellers so John D Rockefeller the famous rich one his father was literally a snake oil salesman and that chemicals are in large part a byproduct of of petroleum and these guys used byproducts of petroleum for gasoline for and also for making drugs like. You know, like the modern equivalent of snake oil. So the idea is just this Rockefeller medicine where they they want you to get illnesses so they can sell you the medicine for starters or, you know, just to get to where who the they is. They would be very powerful people who run think tanks. I think Cheryl Atkinson made a TED talk, if I'm not mistaken, about or just a, a different kind of talk, but about how Wikile- Wikipedia uh, – how the medical establishment, for example, and corporations, for example, can make it look like a, a medical issue or drug has been fully vetted just by by looking like there's a back and forth on Wikipedia when, in fact, both sides of the discussion are controlled by that group or the FDA, they say, is controlled by these groups also. Yeah, she's done a lot of work on on vaccines. Oh, she has? A lot of it, yeah. Oh, that's great. Good for a lot of good stuff, actually. She's got – you know, check out her Twitter page She's got a, or her website. She's got a lot of good stuff on that. She's one of those people where is she for real or is she a limited hangout? She She got – booted out of the mainstream when she exposed Operation Fast and Furious, which was that drug-running thing around the time of the last Mexican election. Guns and drugs and all that stuff. You know? Yeah, but I read so, her book, The Smear, and it's a fantastic book. Does it does it tell you anything you really didn't know? Anything? That no, I mean, m- well, there's a few things in there at the time I didn't know. A lot of it I did know, but she had some more... Some more firsthand examples, are there, although there were a couple of uh, anonymous sources, which I don't like. Yeah. But her book is good. I follow her on Twitter, and she generally puts out pretty good information with lots of sources, lots of and named sources. And so I think she's – There's yeah. definitely a space where a person can exist, and I would say – you kind of have to find that like an Overton window of media and truth where she even if she wants to be a balls to the wall truther or whatever, it just you wouldn't she could be so easily painted as a nut 
that she would not be able to get her real journalism out there. Like she'll cut off. I don't know about her, but I'm just saying it's totally plausible to me that a person, and this is what I, I wonder about some libertarians, like, you know, they might be cutting off the edges on purpose because that's where the real action is. Or they might be cutting off the edges because it's so easy to torpedo people who have those edges that then no one would exist in a space that could actually inform you about 80% of the stuff and let you go to the edges on your own. Yeah. Well, William Weld ran as a libertarian. We talked about that. He he wasn't a libertarian, so that kind of fits into what you're talking about. It's somebody well, who was who not at all a libertarian. Who, he's he's a, now running as a Republican against Trump. Yeah, that was in the journal today, which was old news in my opinion, but – he, but he is complete. He's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm thinking more of like Rand Paul, you know, like where you, <clears throat> William Weld is clearly full of it. He, he torpedoed the Liberty Part, Libertarian Party, in my opinion. Like it just that he's definitely got some. I mean, I feel like he's there's some blackmail back there. Or he's just doing what he's told. But I, but like you look at somebody like Rand Paul who doesn't always. Or Judge Napolitano or, you know, somebody who just gives you a lot of really great stuff. But then sometimes, like, Napolitano gave Bill Barr cover. I mean, that, I can't believe that. He believed that. But he could he could just be this elaborate, limited hangout. Or he could be a guy who's like, we'll take you off of Fox News if you don't throw us a bone once in a while. And he's like, okay, I'll throw you the bone. It's worth it yeah. to get 80% of my stuff out there. Yeah, I think that's probably the case in a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, it, that there has to be that, you know. I mean, there has to be that that space to operate in. There's a demand for that because otherwise, there's nothing. Yeah. Um, so here's an interesting story related to five G. Five G collars let cows choose when they want to be milked. Wow. While humans wait for the age of 5G to take shape, the next generation of wireless connectivity is already changing the lives of 50 British cows. Are they uppity <laughs> cows that drink tea all the time? A dairy farm at the government-funded Agricultural Engineering Precision Innovation Center in Shepton, Malay, England, has fitted about a third of its own cows with 5G-connected smart collars as part of a test and the impact of this trial could affect the future of agriculture. When a smart collar fitted cow wants to be milked, it approaches a robotic milking system. This system knows how to latch onto each individual cow's teats for milking. <laughs> and because the collar lets it quickly identify the cow, the robot can get down to business right away while the animal munches on food for a reward. So there you go. Cows are on board for 5G, British cows anyway. I thought they were reading the cow's minds. That's what I thought it was going to be at first, too. Because <laughs> that's coming. Like the Russian soldiers that Putin said can use uh, telepathy recently. And uh, something else related to that. This is an older story, but this just made me think about what else is, is going on. Military – it's not that old. It's like a – yeah, it's like a month ago. Military – tries out fish as underwater spies. This is a DARPA project, and it's, they're using sophisticated sensing behaviors of marine organisms that could serve as surveillance, a surveillance system that aids in national security. So they're using fish to spy. Wow. You can't even trust the fish anymore. 
If they're using fish, it, like if you're in the ocean and you, you oh think you're God. pretty safe from being surveilled, you don't think the fish is the guy you need to keep quiet around. Wow. But now even the fish. So what else? If, if they can do that with fish, it can do that with anything. Absolutely. And it and it, it would it would be what they fed it, I assume. And they're trying to control the satellites in space too. I was looking about the upcoming space war and I realized that everything that's going on in space is connected to control of the five G grid. So I guess a lot of the satellites that are up there are gonna be they're gonna be kind of powering the five G grid somehow, at least from my understanding of what I was reading, and that this war to dominate space, it's like a war to control the grid. So it's like – you know how there's the underwater cables that used to send – or maybe still send messages like through the internet mm-hmm. or during World War One and World War Two, the British controlled all the underground cables so they could prevent German messages from, from going uh, into America? I, I don't know if you knew that. That's something that the British uh, – one way the British spread propaganda and controlled it. What was it? There, there was these underwater cables. I yeah. don't know the science of it. Atlantic cables. There's yeah, but the British controlled them during World War One, so they could control the messages that got to America, and they could prevent the Germans from getting certain messages to America. So they could – and they could uh, hijack the German messages, and they could change them, stuff like that. Wow, they could – Wow. Yeah, the, and they could – yeah, it's all kind of crazy stuff that they mm-hmm. could do. So think about it. It's control of the underwater cables, control of the fish as spies, and control of space, the satellites. I mean that's that, – that's they're going all the way up and all the way down to harness control mm-hmm. of the system of mass communications around the world. It's just – it's a big idea to think about, but like that's what they're doing. I'm still kind of digesting how to understand all of it. Well, but, that, that- – Makes it seem more plausible, which the evidence suggests that this stuff was created subsidized. See, that's the thing about when I was, I've been a libertarian since I was a little kid. And I, so I remember the arguments I had with my teachers and other kids in grade school. And one of them. <laughs> you had libertarian was arguments? Idea, say it again? You had libertarian arguments in grade school. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not even going to get into some of them are pretty funny and I would. Anyway, but one of them was that the government should not subsidize science because it's just stealing and you shouldn't take money from people and like just for you know what I mean? Why should the government? So well, then it wouldn't happen. It's like it would happen because if it was valuable, it would get done for profit motive. And if it wasn't valuable, it doesn't need to get done. So, I mean, at the very least, whatever, don't go out into space until, you know, people aren't starving on earth, which is one of the left wing anti science. Um, conspiracies on this Quora list. But so what, what happens with the, but the science, the research, the stuff that the money, the government spends on universities or corporate subsidies or other kind of research, they do things like create technology that will, uh, contribute, make robots cheaper or make labor replacing devices cheaper. That's bad. And also stuff like improving communications. They Why do they want to do that? They don't really want to do it out of benevolence because then you could just wait for it to emerge organically and pull where it needs to pull, but they don't. They do it on purpose, I think. I think it's pretty clear with the Obama phones and everything else that they want to make sure that everyone is going to be propagandized and surveilled always and everywhere. And and so they they are they were in on this from the start. Absolutely, it doesn't matter how deep down into the ocean you go, there will be a fish there listening to you. You know, I, re- I read something that said that fish 
uh, ha- were full of Prozac because they're it depressed. Get- what? Because they're depressed. No, because it doesn't get metabolized. It doesn't get fully metabolized by human beings, and they pee, and it goes into the ocean. It never gets broken down. Those, those fish are just zombies swimming around the ocean. Yeah, and the other thing I think that's there is is Teflon. Teflon does not get broken down, but it doesn't get stuck in anything either, so it just, like, zips around, <laughs> careening endlessly off everything. That's where I guess how I get rid of all my – that's how I recycle. I just take all of my plastic stuff, and I just find I, the nearest lake, and I, I wrap it around <laughs> fish that are swimming. So I say, this is what you get for spying on me. <laughs> and then if you eat them, then you're spying on That's yourself. what I, I was thinking about that, too. Yeah. They could be slipping nanobots in them, and the fish could be sacrificing yeah. themselves. Of course the fish would agree to this. You catch a fish – and you eat it, and now you got spy nanobots inside you, for all you know. Well, maybe they'll attach it to the fluoride, which, frankly, I understand people hate fluoride. But uh, if it makes you happy and makes your teeth look good, <laughs> I feel like it's good. But maybe it does make people stupider. I don't know. I don't know. I never got into the fluoride thing. Although – I don't doubt it. I'm just saying I would have to know. But let me just give you the quick examples of anti-science shared by both left and right. Okay? All right. There's four things. Number one, front and center, anti-vax started as a left-wing mania and still more common in liberal communities. But some of the most prominent advocates are right-wing politicians, such as Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin. Was that the guy who said he got his kids chicken pox on purpose? I don't know. I think it might have been. Yeah. You know, Robert De Niro was an anti-vaxxer until they pressured him and he stopped being an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. The the guy, the copy guy on SNL, the writer, Rich, whatever, the uh, X's and O's chick's dad is an anti-vaxxer, seems like. And I think, you know, Jenny McCarthy and Jim Carrey, then he did like some anti-Trump art, I think probably to redeem himself. After his girlfriend, like killed herself yeah, on drugs and they tried to like get him on it and somebody pointed out to me you probably won't hear any anti-vax stuff coming from him again yeah and you haven't yeah okay so uh abuse of this is number two abuse of statistics regarding crime issues especially gun control <sighs> left left and right wingers draw opposite conclusions from the same data and they both go to absurd extremes principled statisticians are left crying in the wilderness <laughs> well they're definitely in the wilderness because they're not here i would say that's true that both sides do go to absurd extremes i i question the very premise that there are principled statisticians giving us statistics on crime issues especially gun control yeah i just don't i don't think there's any way to know what the real facts are Three is suspicion of the enterprise of science. So suspicion of the enterprise of science. So I guess if you're agnostic when it comes to science, like I'm superstitious, right? The idea that there are giant cabals of scientists working in secret with no oversight and playing God or uncovering things we weren't meant to know, like hybrid. Didn't you just start? Yeah, they, with they're, actual... they're not. That That is a true thing. <laughs> You just started the show. I didn't even read all the way down to the bottom of this page. I didn't know that. And this gonna... is not the theory. This is not the... – I hate when people talk about this. They say, oh, so you think just a cabal of them are all sitting in the room coming up with – no. Read Edward Bernays. Edward Bernays, his books, he talks about how to manipulate 
thousands and thousands of scientists so that, that he could get create a culture, a condition where people buy what he wants them to buy. But don't you don't have to do that. Didn't you just read an article at the beginning of the show? Yes, yes, <laughs> where they're doing that. But I'm just talking about where it's like, say it's climate change, and the argument is, oh, you think all these scientists are just going to lie yeah, to you? There's like, no, no, no. There's tons of evidence to the, support that. Yeah, it, it works by you get, the, you get the guys on top, you use the authority, and if the authority figures say that this is the definitive standard, then their underlings will go along with it, and then they'll fund research to support – you're not going to fund research for millions of dollars so that it can disprove the theory that you're trying to prove. So you're going to get people who prove it. It's, I mean read Edward Bernays. He lays out how to do it, and they act like – like they just – I mean they ignore this on purpose, some people. Some people just don't know, but like that theory that, that it's either all the scientists in the world are in one room trying to lie to you – it, it just ticks me off because it's such a lie. That's not the theory. <laughs> okay. Well, it's obvious in every organization that you do what your boss wants. Yeah. To do. I yeah. mean, that's just that, like the Cheryl Atkinson. It's, like it's, it's shame and pressure. It's self-policing what the parameters of the organization expect and want. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's one more. Uh, number four, closely related, the common cultural stereotypes of scientists as arrogant, aloof, and out of touch with the lives of regular people. <laughs> well, that, is there, that, they offer proof. I mean, I'm sure there's scientists that are in line, and there's scientists that are completely right. disconnected. It's anti, anti-science to stereotype scientists as arrogant, aloof, and out of touch. Cura is the worst, I've decided. It's just weird that it's like anti-science to stereotype scientists. You know what I mean? (laughs) You have to revere them. This is all smacks of apostasy, like people who are against a religion, doesn't it? Like, this is how I would explain. Like, how is that anti-science? Like, I don't even understand, you know? The Inquisition, go, but James Corbett did the great couple of things on science and the experiments that can't be reproduced and this phenomenon where you can prove anything. You can. You must be familiar with that, yeah. I mean, you can prove absolutely anything if you select the right data. Right. I mean, I know that, but like according to the science, like you can do data mining, yes, but he is saying, maybe you're saying the same thing, but like He's saying you will find anything you are looking for. Exactly. I mean, confirmation bias, there's enough studies out there. I don't that, think, like, I think it's not that because that, that would be a fallacy. Well, people, I mean, that's the very essence of confirmation bias is you, you ignore all the information that you find that disconfirms and then you continue to seek out right. until you find what confirms it. And yeah. that would be the scientific studies that confirms your belief while ignoring. Yeah. No, but I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I do understand that. But he was saying how scientific studies that are peer reviewed and come to one conclusion or another cannot be reproduced. And that, yeah. that there's a, that, that there is something about, you know, I, I'd have to, You'd, you'd have to look at where he got the information to like make that conclusion. So I should go back, but the but it was a very fascinating podcast. Uh, so anyway, but he makes it clear that revering scientists is not the act of of a uh, irrational skeptic, you know, knee jerk, gratuitous skeptic. Right. It's- Let's say. Let's say it's true. It's not at all true. But let's say the idea that ninety seven percent of scientists agree. Climate change, which is such a general thing, anyway. Let's say that claim. It's not even science. It's not climate scientists. Yeah, let's say that claim (laughs) is somewhat even true. Right. If that claim, if if you believe that claim to be true, and you're a new scientist and you go to do research, 
even if you were to find that it wasn't true, if you were to say, wait a minute, all of this stuff doesn't add up that they're saying, and you find yourself in that 3% of the community who if you speak up, you're going to be ostracized and shamed and probably have your career ruined, are you likely to come out with a report that disagrees with them? Probably not. Well, but here's the the real answer. If you do, you will be excluded from that group. That's what I mean. So, you, so, so you're not going to do it. Bias. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to – that's – that that is a major factor. No, I'm saying it's not that it'll deter you. It's that if you do it, if you prove yourself to be that person, you will be eliminated. You'll be discredited. Yeah. You'll be eliminated from the group. You yeah. will no longer be considered a scientist. That is called survivorship bias. Right, and that that will further encourage people not to do it. Yes, yes. Because people just don't want to deal with it. Even if of there's course, because they know yeah. they'll lose their job. Even if there's people at institutions who are like, look, I, I, whatever you believe on this or that, that's fine. Just don't bring it in here. You know what I mean? Yes. I. They don't even have to be told. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's very clear. Uh, well, I think that uh, that's it for now that I have. All right. I got one quick, he- one yeah, quick headline to close it up on. Um, this is also a scientist. Scientists claim that Sex could help cure hay fever. So, guys, if you're having a dry spell, say, baby, I got hay fever. Oh, my gosh. That's attractive. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's about it for me today. Uh, Okay. Um, Next show is on Easter. I want to talk a little bit about Notre Dame, but I want to keep it uplifting and worthwhile. So tune in for that. And if uh, thank you everybody who's donated to us on um, Patreon, PayPal, who's shared the show. And if you want to help out, if you find value in the show, you can donate through PayPal. You can become a Patreon. You can share the show with your friends. You can let somebody who who you want us to try and or short circuit or want to challenge get them to listen. And thank you for all your support. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you guys later. Later.